There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh. We'd like to welcome each and every one of you that are listening. We'd like to welcome those of you listening in your car, those of you listening at home, on the road. Those of you listening in chapel services, those of you at home doing homeschool, how we thank the Lord for each and every one of you listening, and it brings us great joy to bring this daily podcast to you. We've had a lot of folks contact us this week about the podcast. We've had folks reach out that they're listening, they're excited about the book of Hebrews, and I thank God for that. I'm glad for many, it's not just the form of religion, it's not just a form of a practice of religion, but they genuinely, I believe, have an interest in hearing the book of Hebrews. has nothing to do with who's speaking, has nothing to do with who's producing the podcast, but that the doctrine of the book of Hebrews would be given to us and we could understand the things of God in the book of Hebrews. Therefore, we ask for prayer. We need folks praying. Had some folks this week contact us, say they're praying for us. They want God to use this in their life and in other lives. So encourage folks to tune in. Just call, call them up and say, hey, listen, here's a podcast. I'm going to send it to you. Why don't you listen? It's about the book of Hebrews. It might be a help to you. It might be a blessing to you. We're going to be back in Black Creek, uh, New York, on this Thursday night. And Lord willing, I plan on doing How Hath God Profited You. We did that several years ago in Black Creek. I'm going to do it again. And I just feel like that's what the Lord has for us. And then we're going to have prayer meeting, of course, Friday night. And then all next week, beginning on Sunday, we'll be uh, there at Black Creek. And then also Sunday night at 6 p.m., we'll be in Shingle House, Pennsylvania, the Grace Independent Bible Baptist Church there. And we look forward to being with Brother Seely and the folks there. So if you're in the area, we'd love to have you stop by and be a part of the services. Back in Hebrews chapter 2, we left off in this area uh, last week on the podcast. But we see a couple of things, and we see this in verse 9 of Hebrews chapter 2. We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. And I had to sit there and look at that this, this week, and I looked at it again this afternoon. And uh, my wife has the children quiet so that we can record. And I've been trying to wrap my mind around this and trying to grasp this. And really, I have such a vague understanding of this, but I believe this. He was made lower than the angels. Why? Because of the suffering of death. Now, again, on the cross of Calvary, did he die the common death of men? No, he did not. He died according to the scriptures. And the word of God said in the book of James, sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. And the word of God said, Jesus Christ said, it is finished. Two times that phrase is used in a King James Bible. What happened when Jesus Christ said, it is finished? Sin was done. Sin was finished. It was over. It was complete. Jesus Christ had died for the sins of the whole world. But can I say to you, my friend, there are those that hang on the cross in suffering. 
Uh, there are those that hang in, in not effigy, I believe, is only for, for a false representation, but I don't know another word to use, but those that would be crucified on Easter or on Good Friday, and they'll hang on a cross, and they do it in places like Bolivia and Mexico and the Philippines. It's very uh, prevalent there. And someone will be crucified, and they'll hang on a cross for an hour or 45 minutes, and then they'll be great heroes. They'll be considered, they, they bore the sufferings of Christ. They suffered as Christ suffered. And the reason a man would do that, they say it's for spiritual reasons, but really it's for monetary reasons because people laud them with gifts and shower them with gifts. And they'll always be known as that man that hung on the cross. He was crucified with Christ. That's what they'll say. And it's a pretty common practice in third world countries where Catholicism reigns and Men do that thinking they're going to gain Christ, they're going to obtain Christ through that, but in all realities, the underlying current there is money. Love of money is the root of all evil. But if a man can suffer like that, and by the way, they could leave those men on the cross, they would eventually die. They could leave them hang there and they would perish. But if a man can suffer that death and a man can suffer on the cross, is that all that Christ suffered? No, it is not all that he suffered. And it was a great suffering. From the garden to the cross, he suffered. He suffered in the garden, seeing what was to be. And yet he gave his will to the Father. He suffered uh, when he stood before Pilate. He suffered before the chief priest. He suffered to put the crown of thorns upon his head and struck him and smote him with their hands and ripped the hair from off of his face. He suffered. But yet the suffering it speaks of in verse 9 was lower than the angels. What's lower under their feet? Under the feet of the angel, lower than the angels. And people say, well, that's that's position. Well, it is a position, but he suffered. And he tasted death for every man in that suffering. He tells you that, and he did it by the grace of God. Now, what is the grace of God that he tasted that death? It's the grace of God that appear, hath appeared to all men, teaching and denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. There's a lot of contention in this world over the doctrine of the soul of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of contention over the offering of his soul. The men will ask, did Jesus Christ's soul go to hell? The big names will avoid that. The fundamentalists will contend with that. Uh, the average preacher today ignores it. A man called me this week and told me, he said, brother, my last pastor would not teach the book of Hebrews. He told me, I can't teach it. It's above me. I don't understand it. And that man said, I'm looking forward to listening to the podcast so that I can hopefully understand the book of Hebrews. He said, my pastor wouldn't even teach the book of Hebrews. And I said, my goodness, I'd at least take a stab at it. Even if I missed it by a mile, I'd at least take a stab at it. To stand in the pulpit with an education, a college degree, not understand the book of Hebrews, it's not complicated. Once you believe it's written by Paul, once you believe it's for the Hebrews, and by the way, once you believe it's for us as well, it's not complicated, but what you got to do is understand the suffering of Christ, the death of Christ, the blood of Christ, and in this suffering that he speaks of in verse 9, by the grace of God should taste death for every man. What death is that? Is it the common death of man, the physical death of man? No, it's the death of Jesus Christ's soul. He tasted death. It's the second death. Why did he have to resurrect? Because he was physically dead and he was spiritually dead. That's why we see the book of Revelation, the dead, great and small, stand before God when those books are open. How are they going to be resurrected? Physically and spiritually. 
They're going to stand before God. Their soul, body, and spirit will stand before God. Jesus Christ was resurrected. That's you and I that are saved by the good grace of God. You and I spiritually have been resurrected in Christ. We've been made alive in Christ. Therefore, we've also been crucified with Christ. And then Paul said, nevertheless, I live. Now, somebody sent me this just the other day. And I wrestled with this, and I felt like, no, I'm going to go ahead and put this out there rather than try to quote it. And I'm going to go back to a dear friend of ours who's with the Lord now, Brother Sammy Allen. Had the opportunity to spend many, many days with him and many weeks with him over the years, traveling and being in meetings with him and having the opportunity to preach with him. In 1986, he preached this great message. And this is a clip from that message. And I want to just give you a little bit of doctrinal truth from someone else, Brother Sammy Allen. Now, I want y'all, I want you to get excited now right here. I want y'all to get real excited about this. Shut up. I want you to have a spell right here. Now, I mean, I want you to have a spell when I read this verse. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. I wonder what that joy that was set before him. The joy that was set before him. Him doing the cross. The spousing shame. And he sat down at the right hand. Of, listen. He sat down at the right hand. What's it say, Brother Kyle? He sat down at the right hand of the Father. Yeah. Look at that and see just exactly what it says. Yeah. Who was the joy? You. You ought to have a spell. The joy that was set before him. He saw you. Is that, did I read it right, sir? Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author. The finished for our faith, who for the joy. Yeah. What was the joy that was set for him? He endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of what? Of the Father. I called it right, didn't I? So you was one of them, the joy. He saw you, and you, he saw you, and you. Come on now, y'all, that was spelled right here. The joy that was set before him. Come on now. Y'all lift up your hands and stand up and say, Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you. I'm quoted with me. I'm going to quote it twice. Quote it with me. Galatians 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Sent with me now who love me. Come on now. I'm glad he loved the world. I'm glad he loved the church. But Paul said he loved me. Say hello with me now. He loved me. He loved me. Thank God I've been made alive in Jesus Christ. I rejoice over the goodness of the Lord. I rejoice that Jesus Christ tasted death for every man. I rejoice that he not only took the, his death on the cross for me, for my sin, but he also offered that sin in the very depths of hell. And he would not leave his soul in hell. He was resurrected unto life. He passed from death unto life. That you and I might pass from death unto life. That is the doctrine he speaks of in verse 9. That is the suffering of his death. That's the death that he tasted for every man. Because verse 10 says, For it became him for whom are all things, by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Who is the captain of our salvation? It is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 5 8 says, Though he were a son, Yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. 
I go back to our Psalms. Thank God for the Psalms. Thank God for those Messianic Psalms. Thank God for the learning of the Scriptures in Jesus Christ. Psalm 31 and verse 13, For I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side. While they took counsel against me, they devised to take away my life. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my God. Psalm 34 and verse 4, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Verse 19, we've used on this podcast many times, many of the afflictions of the righteous. The righteous is singular. The righteous is one. It is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But the Lord delivereth him. That's why it's singular. It's personal. Verse 17, it's plural. The Lord delivereth them. Who? The righteous. But here the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. We see the suffering Savior. We see he was made a son. We see that he came obedient even unto death. And though he were a son, yet he learned obedience through the things which he suffered. Then in verse 6 says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, singular, and saved him out of all his troubles. Thank the Lord for that. Psalm 55 and verse 5. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror had overwhelmed me. And I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. And I find it interesting, he said, horror hath overwhelmed me. If you believe that's Jesus Christ, if you believe that's messianic, where would horror overwhelm him? I heard men preach that that was the cross. But can I say to you, others have bore crosses. Others have died on crosses. They were not the sinless lamb of God. They were not an offering for sin. They were not crucified as Jesus Christ was crucified. But yet there were others that died on a cross. But what did he do above and beyond? What made him the son of God? What made him suffer as no man has ever suffered? And it's verse 5 of Psalm 8. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. Verse 6 says, In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. The cry of a suffering Savior. The cry of one who learned obedience by the things which he suffered. The cry of him who made the captain of salvation perfect through sufferings. You say, well, wasn't he perfect already? Well, the word of God said he was made perfect through sufferings. That's in plural. That's in the garden. When he suffered, he endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. I don't want to get ahead of myself on that one, but not only endure such contradiction of sinners against himself, then they took him. They took him captive, they mocked him, they shamed him, they scoffed at him, they took him into the hall, they took him before Pilate, and they crucified him, they nailed him to the cross, and they hung him upon a tree, and oh, how he suffered. And there those sinners mocked him, their sinners scoffed at him, and how he suffered. But he endured that contradiction of sinners against himself, and they made fun of him, and they mocked his holy name. And they despised him and they spit upon him. And they said, if thou be, if thou be the son of God, and yet he was the son of God, he could not deny himself. But then when he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost, when sin was finished, Jesus Christ died for our sins. How did he die for our sins? According to the scriptures. Which scriptures? The Old Testament. 
Psalm 16, thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Psalm 18, as we've just read, the sorrows of death compassed me. Then in verse 6, the sorrows of hell compassed me about the suffering of Christ, the offering of his soul. In verse 11, for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Hallelujah, blessed be his holy name. That's why the those of us that believe he is precious to us. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He said in verse 10 of Romans 10, with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In verse 11, for the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Why? Because he's not ashamed of them. He's not ashamed to call us brethren. He was made a little lower than the angels. He was offered for our sin, and he's not ashamed to say, that's my brother. I'm in fellowship with him. He and the Father and I can sit down in fellowship one with another. That's my brother. Oh, bless his holy name. I'm crucified with Christ, as our dear brothers already said on the podcast. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. That's why I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed shame to be identified with the precious Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Tune in tomorrow. We'll be back in verse 11 with the Lord's help. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Singing the glorious song of the redeemed.